to the eternally curious, unapologetically superstitious Midnight Society Rejects, Stormy Willow welcomes you. We are the eccentric coots, storytellers, explorers, dabblers, practitioners, and paranormal pupils who examine the what's-ifs, the what's-thats, and WTFs of this dimension and beyond. Hello and welcome to the Stormy Willow Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, here in South Carolina, along with my adorable sister in Albuquerque. Hello, Adele. Hello. You like how I did all the Adele, adorable, Albuquerque. <laughs> what is that called, like hyperbole? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, that's a good one. <laughs> well, yes. it's Friday, Paranormal Friday. That's my favorite Friday. Day yes. 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 I have a good story today. I am really excited because you have like talked about this since last week and I don't know what it is. I don't have any clues. So I'm going to be surprised along with our listeners and I cannot wait. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good one. It's one that I hadn't heard of until last week. <laughs> Whoa, well, that is, I mean, you know a lot, and so I can't wait. I yeah. know if you haven't heard of it, I likely have not. <laughs> so, um, you know how they say women are from Venus? Yes. Well, so is Valiant Thor. I'm sorry, Thor? Valiant Thor. That it, is who this episode is about. So I was like, look at the hat I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is shovels and rope. And not that they, Thor. Not that <laughs> Thor. But it's like it's like my hat like looks like kind of like the Thor. Yeah, wing. like the little wings. <laughs> but no. it's Shovels and Wright from South Carolina. An amazing band. Check them out. Sorry. So <laughs> who the heck is this? Like, do we call, do we say Vega by Valiant? Val? Like, well, what? some people call him Val. Okay. He is from Venus. Okay. And uh, he came here to warn Earth against nuclear weapons in the 1960s. I'm sorry. Whoa. Okay. And, right. and he lived in the Pentagon for three years while he was here Shut on Earth. Ma- I can't. <laughs> he lived there in the Pentagon? Yeah. And in a nice, bougie apartment in the Pentagon. No. Yes. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. That That's up, that's up to what? everybody after the story. Okay. I've never heard of Al. I've never heard of anybody living in the Pentagon. Is that a thing? Apparently there are apartments there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I've never met anyone from a different planet so I, that I know of, that I'm aware of. But Dad swears when he went out west, there was like a whole town full of aliens. Yeah, th- this, is a, this is why this is such a great story. Um, okay. Yeah, apparently Ven- Venusians, I think, is what people from Venus are called. And apparently they visited Earth. They've been visiting us for hundreds of years. And at any given time in the United States, there's up to 77 of them. <laughs> what? Well, how do you know you're in the presence of one? Well, they, look, they look human. They look like us, so we don't know. But uh, they have six fingers on each hand and no fingerprints. 
Okay. <laughs> this story is wild. Okay, so let's just skip all, like, let's just cut the crap and get right into it. What do you say? Let's, let's just get into it. Okay. Are you, like, I don't, are you ready for this? I, I don't know. Um, But I, you know what? I do have my RV sweet tea. I've had a delicious RV's dinner, and I think I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any alcohol. Maybe I need to put some alcohol in this cup. You know, I don't know. I, well, this story alone will make you feel like you've been drinking a little bit. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So this is the story of Valiant Thor, okay. the man from Venus who visited the Earth in 1957. Okay. Okay, so the primary source is Dr. Frank E. Stranges, um, and he claimed in his book in 2001 called The Stranger at the Pentagon that on March 16th, 1957, Valiant Thor visited the Earth from Venus, he arrived in his craft and landed in a field in Alexandria, Virginia. I'm looking at that right Virginia. Actually, there are pictures of who supposedly is the true Valiant Thor. I mean, he looks we'll, totally normal. We'll get to that. There was like a reporter that took pictures of him. So we'll get to that. Okay. So Valiant, I'm just going to call him Val. Yeah, let's just call him Val. So Val landed in Alexandria, Virginia, and he was, his appearance, he was six feet tall, 185 pounds, had brown wavy hair and brown eyes, and slightly tanned complexion. So okay. kind of a normal maybe looking dude. Yeah. 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 Maybe even a good looking kind of guy. I mean, he looked good looking in the image search, like just a good looking fellow from like yeah. that era. Just a nice looking dude from the 50s, 60s. Yeah. Um, so two police officers were the first to arrive at his ship's landing. <laughs> um, and, and they they have their weapons drawn because they're like, wow, there's a spaceship in a field. We don't know what's going on. Like the fair's not in town that we're aware of. Right. They're just like, <laughs> all right, we're going to draw our weapons. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. And then, you know, Val steps out of his ship and he transfers his thoughts to the police. So he kind of has some like telepathic stuff going on right off the bat and convinces them that he means them no harm. So like like, okay, he's he's peaceful. And his only request was to meet President Eisenhower. Wow. So what do you think the police did? Took him on to They took to him on to the Pentagon. Yeah. They took him on. But once they get to the Pentagon, he meets with the Secretary of Defense and six staff members. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> and uh, in his hand, he has an introduction to the High Council, which I guess is like this intergalactic council that he's been sent to, like, you know, Earth. Okay, and, that uh, reminds me a little bit of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, <clears throat> when they would have to, like, go in front of the Witches Council. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's where my mind's kind of going with it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Witches Council, the High Council. Yeah. Um, and though this, uh, I'm going to say piece of paper, this agreement, uh, wasn't written in English, the staff's minds were given power to understand it. Sweet. <laughs> okay. So the Pentagon is all a buzz. Everybody's like, okay, he wants to meet the president. Do we let him meet the president? Uh, da, 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 da. And there's like all this you know, alien documentation. Uh. So then 
you know, after waiting a little while, Val was eventually escorted to the office of Dwight D. Eisenhower by six officials, six armed guards, and three Secret Service members. Okay. <clears throat> and this is where I get to do a little bit of acting. So this is how the meeting with Ike goes. So the president said, of course, you know, we have suspended all rules of protocol. I have a good feeling toward you. Please, sir, what is your name? And where do you come from? Val says, I come from the planet your Bible calls the morning and the evening star. President says, Venus? Val says, yes, sir. Thank God it wasn't Trump. <laughs> the president says, can you prove this? Val says, what do you constitute as proof? The president says, I don't know. <laughs> Val says, will you come with me to my ship? And then the president says, my friend, I cannot come and go as I please. There are others to be considered. There are committees to be consulted and security measures to be adhered to. Please spend time with us here. Let's get better acquainted, learn more about one another, and perhaps soon, real soon, well, we shall see. And then, and walks Nixon. <laughs> He's the vice president at the time to Eisenhower. Um, oh, tricky dick. So Tricky Dick walks in, rushes into the room, and <laughs> I swear, so, okay, so it's like the first part of the story, th this is all based off of Frank um, Strange's book, like I said, Strangers at the Pentagon, but it seems like the first part until Val meets Frank is actually the account of this one high-level Pentagon um, agent, which I think I skipped over. Let me find his name. I can't find it, of course. Oh, Andrew Bird. Harley oh, Andrew Bird. So Harley Andrew Bird, I believe, is supposedly there and is the person taking account of these things. But one thing that's kind of curious is like the inner thoughts. So this is where I was going with that. So this sounds like it's a, an account from Bird up until he meets Frank. Gotcha. Um, but there again, I don't know how he's capturing the inner, inner monologue unless Val is like, you know, using telekinesis. Right. <laughs> so in walks Nixon, and according to Val, he, he appeared to Val to be very sharp, quick-witted, with fixed eyes and an amazing aptitude towards speed and proficiency. Wow, so that was okay. apparently Val's take on Nixon. I wonder if Nixon maybe wrote that himself about himself. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> uh, he says to Nixon, my name is Valiant. And then Nixon says, you have certainly caused a stir for an out-of-towner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's so I'm funny. And then Nixon says, of course, we are not totally convinced of anything just yet. But suffice it to say, we're checking and double-checking everything you say and do. When Sergeant Young from Alexandria radioed in and stated that you had just landed in a flying saucer, well, we thought Sergeant Young had flipped. Say, were you in on that UFO flap over Washington? You certainly had us all in a dither, if you were. So, yeah. Nixon. Super sharp, super clever, super funny. Yeah. So then Val expresses that 
Earth had been under watch for hundreds of years and delivers the introduction from the High Council to Dwight D. Eisenhower. Okay. So the Secret Service then escorts Val to a beautiful apartment in the Pentagon where he lived for the next three years. Right? So right off the bat, I'm like trying to be like, okay, maybe, but this also kind of sounds like fan fiction to me like if i were to write my own fan fiction like if i were an alien that just showed up yeah this is what everybody's gonna do and say like you know it's yeah it's a little right? unbelievable like you know just being escorted right in to meet the president but then yeah. again he does have like mind control powers like well that that was what i'm thinking like okay one he has supposedly mind control powers but two like like my brain's still processing because we're still starting the story. I just feel like America's way of doing things is just to shoot something that's foreign or do something stupid like that. And so, like, yeah. as much as I love that there could be some dialogue and, and things happening, I just feel like, especially then, I mean, even now, but especially then, I feel like it was like intruder, intruder, like, let's get the military out here and, like, take it to Area 51. Or do you know what I mean? Like, right. it's just a little, like, okay. Like, oh, let's rush to meet this stranger. Yeah, yeah like, like, so, like, my, my, I'm kind of on both camps right now, seeing, like, well, could it just have been telekinesis, or could it have been, like, is this, like, it's just it's completely made up. Yeah, fabrication. Yeah. That's where I'm at, at at this point, but I, I'm still learning, so I'll let you know where my, my head settles. <laughs> yeah, so this will be fun to discuss after. I like this. I mean, I like I like how it's going. I guess it's it's, it's just such a fun story. Yeah, regardless. I mean, so yeah, it's great, it's fun. We're here from the witches council. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and we have we need to talk, you know. And then it's you know welcomed by our people. Like okay, yeah. Apartment in the Pentagon. Yeah. He's just like set up for three years hanging out. I mean, okay. Like pretty nice, right? Yeah. Maybe I'll try that sometime. Like so where's the right. spaceship at this point? Is it like hidden? It's still in Alexandria, Virginia, so it's like hidden in the woods. He does okay. have a flight crew that is staying on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile. Yeah, okay, so I'm not sure if they like, dropped him off and they were going to get us into Uber or taxi to come back for him or how that happened. So I got it. Well, Sorry. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. There's some parts where I'm like, you'll see. You'll see. I'm just yeah, like, yeah, go ahead. I, I really like the story. The era is really fun too because it makes me think of like the origins of like the men in black kind of stuff. Yes. It's just a fun, insane story. It's and like, the second I'm, I started researching this. I love it. I'm all about so it. <laughs> so, okay. Then, then the next account, like, that's a big event, is, um, you know, Val staying at the Pentagon, this nice apartment. And then he was joined by his crew members, Dawn, with two N's, Jill, and Tenya. T-A-N-Y-I-A Tania okay. and, uh, but they all wore human clothes and were like cool we'll just blend in with the earthlings and they all attended a gathering at Mr. Howard Minger's uh, estate 
in Highbridge, New Jersey. Now, I don't know what this gathering was. I think it was actually called like a convention. But they were there. The president was there. And I guess other important people. Gotcha. As well as this Snoopy photographer that took pictures of Al and his friends. Um, <laughs> this is where it's kind of awkward. Because they're just like hanging out at this this place. And then suddenly the president, Dwight D. Eisenhower, while holding like the message from the high council, he just like, you know, announces at this gathering like, hey, yeah, thanks, but no thanks for this offer, Val. Um, we don't want the help from your people. And like, we think it will upset the economy of the United States too much like right now. So we we don't accept like your offer of helping us. <laughs> so what was the offer? Do we know like the details of like, we, what it we was? We don't know or... the exact details, but essentially it was an offer of helping humanity get back on the right path of spiritualism and being good to the environment. So I don't wow. hate that. I don't hate Wait, that at all. White. That could have been useful. Yeah. So essentially it's just getting this earth and all the people on it back on a right, healthy path. See, like the sad being thing good. is Val and the council messed up. They should have been seeking out Bernie Sanders. Well, they got in the wrong hands. Now I wonder about Bernie. We'll see. Maybe he's Venusian. <laughs> You know, I, that was, it's funny you said that because I was going to make a joke and I, but I kind of mean it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, but, but sorry. at this event, there was a photographer taking pictures of Val and his buddies. And um, later those pictures will connect him to Frank Strange's. So okay. that book. Who's the author of this book. Right. So it kind of, I tried to search for like all, like any other references, but it's pretty much just this book, which already I'm like, mm. but let's just let the story go because it's so fun. Yeah. It's great. So, I love it. Um, now I agree. To, yeah. It, well, that's where I kind of waver. So once I share more, like I'm like, eh, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I do, but I'm like you. I think it's kind of funny that the president had this banquet just to be like, not doing this thing. I mean, can he have just like been like hey, told no, that? Like, not the doing it. At the yeah. I guess maybe they were just trying to let him down gently at a banquet. I guess they so could make banquet. a in public. <laughs> you know, like, like public humiliation. Like so awkward. So awkward. awkward. <laughs> I'm feeling awkward about this. <laughs> Sorry, Val. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess whenever he arrived on Earth, he was wearing his like garments, like his space garments. So I'm thinking like Mork and Yindi. <laughs> You're thinking what? I'm thinking about Mork. Oh yeah, like Mork. Yeah. Um, so they, they being, I guess, the government, um, they took his space uniform and put it under test. So they attempted to penetrate the material with a diamond drill, which is supposed to be able to like penetrate anything. In case you didn't know, but the drill snapped could not penetrate his uniform. Um, they tried to put acid on it, but the acid just rolled off of the uniform and burned a hole in the floor. Wow. Uh, it was bulletproof. And uh, <laughs> apparently they wrote a report to the president about this, and the report, I quote, said, um, physical appearance, soft silver and gold, lustrous fabric. Unknown lustrous. Weight, lustrous. Unknown weight, six ounces. 
total, including boot cut. Six ounces. Yeah, so super light. Uh, clothes fitting like a tunic, no cuffs, pockets, buttons, zippers, clips, or hooks. RXT 2 test, indestructible. Whoa, I need to get any one of those. Hey, and then they did a final laser beam test on it. And it did nothing to the material. Can I just ask you, like, how does one go about getting one of these jobs? Well, you know, we tested, we're doing the laser testing this week on the space outfit. We're trying to feed it to sharks, but they just aren't appetized by it. Like, how does one get into that? I want to know. Because that, that's the kind of week I want to tell you about. Like, how was your week? I'm like, well, it's been really stressful. Like, we're trying to, like, it's this uniform, it's bulletproof, and we can't destroy it. I'm just so frustrated. I've been, have this hole in the office now because of this acid we threw on it. (laughs) I just, oh, I just need to figure out it's kryptonite. (gasps) Maybe it's kryptonite. (laughs) Right? It's like, I, who has these jobs? I want to know. Right? I'm so jealous. It's just, like, it's so cool. <laughs> shenanigans. Like, just insanity. Well, okay. So, I, it seems a little uncomfortable, that suit. But, okay. I mean, <laughs> it's like, apparently it's, like, really lightweight. And, it's um, lightweight. It protects you from everything. I'm down. And uh, I, I've, like, super abbreviated the story, too, because, like I said, this is an entire book. And... I was just, like, reading on and on about some of the stuff, so I just tried to get to the point. (laughs) Um, But just a little bit about Frank, or Ernest Stranges. Um, First of all, I said, is this really his name? Okay, (laughs) I was, I'm like, is that seriously his last name? (laughs) It seriously made me think of Silence of the Lambs. It's like, your anagrams are showing Dr. Lewis Friend, Pools Gold, like... (laughs) <laughs> like, it does not sound like a real name, but hey, who might judge? <laughs> well, he probably had to write under a fake name. But, um, yeah, so he's the author of this book, but he's also a minister and a special investigator. No, I don't okay. know what he's a special investigator in, but he does, like, write a lot of books about, like, UFOs. So he's really okay. into, like, space and aliens. Cool. Um, and obviously an acquaintance of Val's. And he started the National Investigations Committee on UFOs in 1964. Wow. So, so he's really into extraterrestrials and UFOs. Yeah. Um, so now we get into the connection with Val, because I think that's the missing piece. So like I said, I think the first part of the story with Val going to the Pentagon, meeting the president, going to this meeting, that's all um, Harley Bird's account, supposedly who worked in the Pentagon, and then once we meet Frank, like, it's his account from there, his interactions with Val. So the connection with Val, Val made a plan with this Nancy Warren, in quotation marks, I'm assuming that's a made-up alias, so it's this lady we're going to call Nancy. Um, This would eventually connect Val with Frank. So, um, Val can tell he's getting nowhere fast with the president. Like, he was declined. So he's like, maybe yeah. I'll try something else. So he's Publicly talking. humiliated. Yeah. So he starts becoming frenzies with Nancy Warren. And then Nancy attended one of Frank's lectures at the National Evangelic, uh, Evangelistic 
<laughs> center in DC. Um, and what's interesting is this is where you finally find that connection with those photos taken in New Jersey. Remember that I told you there was a photographer there? Yeah, that's what I was looking at on my phone. Yeah, so the photographer from New Jersey had given the photos to Frank that he had taken of Val and told him the backstory that he was like from Venus and staying in the Pentagon. And then Frank displayed these pictures at his lectures because he was talking about his books on like UFOs and extraterrestrials. So then Nancy asked to speak with Frank after the lecture when he was signing copies of his Saucerama books. So that was the name of one of his books. That's awesome. And uh, she showed him her Pentagon badge. So he was instantly like, oh, <laughs> yes, I would love to talk with you. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, Nancy asked if Frank would like to meet Val. And then he's like, hell yes, I would love to meet Val. What a connection. Yeah. So then she gives him instructions on, all right, well, I'm going to pick you up at eight o'clock in the morning. And these are the plans. Um, so the next morning, Nancy picked Frank up from his hotel sharply at 8 a.m. And they had to go through security <laughs> at the Pentagon. And so the first and the second guard visualized an ID badge on Frank's lapel that wasn't there. So Frank's like, oh, there's already like this mind control stuff going on. How did I get through security? Like, I don't have any ID badge, but I got where everybody thinks that I do. And then Nancy leads him to a room where men are working and just completely ignoring him. And then she just leaves him there. <laughs> um, and then, you know, after a few awkward minutes, <laughs> like, awkward. like, yeah, the guys are just like going on about their business. Don't even notice that he's there. But then after a few awkward moments, in walks Val. And he says, hello, Frank, how are you? And then Frank asked if, they're kind of chit-chatting. He's just like, well, he's actually like a really genuinely nice seeming person. They're kind of like right. taking each other in and they both like each other. They're just like, all right, you seem like a good, trustworthy person. I feel like this is like when you meet a dog at like the Humane Society and like you're sniffing <laughs> each other. Out. It's like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Earthling and Martian. <laughs> Venusian, excuse you. Excuse me. Venetian. <laughs> um, <laughs> I apologize. So, yeah, they're just kind of chatting, and then Frank asked if Val had any other clothing because he's wearing, you know, a suit like Earth people. And he oh, shows okay. him. Okay, not his face. He's not naked. <laughs> no, I thought he was in his face suit. No. No, while he's here, he's wearing suits like everybody else. <laughs> He's not like, can you change into like a suit? Like, I don't know what the fuck you're wearing. <laughs> I, just, I just imagine all these men in suits, like, you know, Don Draper from like Mad Men, like, here walks this guy. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's like Mork <laughs> with a little cape or something. <laughs> and it's him. a little helmet. <laughs> He's like, Nanu, Nanu. Hello, Frank. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's exactly what's happening in my head right now. <laughs> that's funny. It's I'm pretty sorry. much just like a G-man like walks in and is like, hey Frank, how's it going? I apologize. You know me too well. <laughs> yeah, it's not Mork like sitting on a in a chair with his head. Like 
Um, okay, I like my version better, but whatever. That one is more fun. It is. Whatever. So, so this is why I should have been a comedy writer. Like, I always just go for the laughs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. So he's in a, a business suit, like a nice 50s earthling suit. Got it. And then Frank asked if he had any other clothing, like from his home planet. Um, See? And now. Sorry, the details. I needed to specify. So Val showed him his uniform all in one piece, even down to the boots. The one that was like experimented on. He oh, tells them like, hey, yeah, they were like testing this out and uh, all that stuff. And um, Why is the story making me laugh? Because <laughs> it's hilarious and awkward. Like people don't act like this. This is why this is such a great story. Oh, God. It's so wild. <laughs> Frank noted, it glittered as the sun hit the fabric. Quote, I thought it looked like liquid sunshine. <laughs> okay. okay. Now, you think this part, you think that was funny. Now it gets into like, this is where I noted it gets a little preachy and into like, is Val like an angel? Is this like angels for demons? Like, what is this? Whoa, now we're like, like we're switching from working Mindy, like, highway to heaven? Like, what? Yes, yes, we are. Okay, so this is all still during, like, the same conversation. Okay. So they're still getting acquainted. They're only talking for maybe, like, 30 minutes to an hour, like, getting acquainted. And we know that Frank is a minister. So <laughs> this is where I'm like, is Frank fabricating this completely or, like, anyway, I'm just going to read. Yeah. And I paraphrased a lot of the stuff because I was like, I feel like I'm reading the Bible. I can't take this, but I'm trying to be objective and get through this. So these are just some of the highlights. So according to Frank, Val, he told me that his purpose in coming to Earth was to help mankind return to the Lord. Lost me right here. Um, he told me he had been here nearly three years and few leaders had listened to his advice. He would be departing in only a few months, and he felt there was still so much to do. Quote, he told me that Jesus Christ would not force men to be saved from their mistakes, even though he had already made a way for mankind to be redeemed through his shed blood. And during the next 30 minutes, he told me things about myself that even I did not know. And apparently Frank confirmed some of these things he didn't even know with his parents, I guess, after the fact. So apparently Val knew him better than he knew himself. Okay. And uh, he gave me information which would be revealed to others over a period of years. So mm. I don't know if we're shadowing. And then he talks about Val's hands. <laughs> he noticed that he had no fingerprints. Um, and he asked about it. So he Val said uh, that all Earth people were thusly marked since the fall of Adam in the Garden of Eden, during the very dawn of civilization as we know it today. So, and, like, the finger of it could be, like, the mark of the east? That the Bible or, like, I guess where mark is, like, disobedient. Mm. Um, and now Val seems to be preparing Frank for his preachy mission in life, is what I said. <laughs> that was, like, the way I, I took it. Preachy mission in life. Um, and then he said... Frank says, we discussed the merits of Jesus Christ, how he gave his life freely so that men could enjoy the benefits of eternal life 
I questioned him about a Bible on Venus, and he assured me that a personal, unbroken fellowship with the author did not necessitate the printing of a book. So apparently the people on Venus have never fallen. So they still have a relationship oh. with God that we don't. So they don't need a Bible. Interesting. Which I'm like, oh, okay, there again, I'm trying to be open-minded. as yeah, much okay. as I, this, this whole section made my skin crawl, but I'm like, I'm just trying to listen. Um, and then he dramatically, I'm assuming, Val dramatically turned to the window and said, Frank, it will not be long. Contend for the faith and you will never miss the mark. So Val's about to leave because he's leaving in a few months. Um, and then Frank also asks about life on other planets. And Val says, I quote, there is life on many other planets of which people on Earth know nothing. There are more solar systems through which man has not even given God credit. There are many beings that have never transgressed the perfect laws of God. So I guess it's all about all of these other planets and systems being in harmony with God, not fallen. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and then he also stated that my book, Salsarama, could not have been written without heavenly guidance. So he feels like his writings are heavenly <laughs> guided. <laughs> okay. And then you're going to laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, listen, I'm not to judge. Hey, I, I think so. This is where I am with this part of the story. Like, I, at first, I was like, wow, this guy is full of himself. Right. But also, I guess, like, up until Val is meeting Frank, it's just that other guy's account, like Haley Andrew Bird's. So, right. like, so I can't decide if Val sounded this preachy the whole time or if these are just. You know what I mean? Two different right. Exactly. Like, I was thinking too. And another thing I was thinking is, um, and this is just me interjecting my personal thoughts on it. You know, I, I've always, you know, I've, we both have had struggles with religion and Christianity and different things and lots of talks about it. And I've come as an adult and I'm not saying God, no, I'm not an expert, but just like for me, I feel like God is the universe. Like, all things like universal things. I don't really see God as just like, you know, some a single a singularity. Yeah. Yeah. And I do believe in Jesus and I think that Jesus is a path, but I don't think it's I don't think Jesus is the only path for people. Do you know what I mean? I think that Jesus definitely is real. I believe all of that. But I, do you think that maybe Val had to like break it down into Frank, like Frank's mind, like if he like started talking about like universal Christ and that whole like you know creating of the galaxies, like especially during that time, it would be a bit been too much for him, and so he had to like break it down to what he could connect with, possibly. No, I, I don't get that sense, and it's probably some of the things I paraphrased or omitted because it did go on a long time with them talking about God in particular, Jesus, and um. I think I omitted it just because gotcha. there again, it was okay. just too long. But but Val very specifically says that your Jesus Christ is the Alpha and Omega and Most High God, essentially. So he's very clearly he's very clear not saying he's just one path. He's saying he is the path. Only path. So then he would basically be saying people that are good people that could be atheist, agnostic, Buddhist. 
Well, that's the thing. Like, I will give that to the, I, I mean, I, there again, I didn't want to get too bogged down in that portion of it because to me, this is still more about, is this, did, did an alien come here and live in the Pentagon? Right, right, right. right. And we could go uh, on about the religious aspect forever. Right. But there was no point at all where it's, since it seemed like Val was judging people who are actually trying to be peaceful humans. Now, I think you'll like, I really like some of the things Val has to say about people who are not trying to be so peaceful. And at not one point is he saying, like, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell or anything. Okay. Okay. I wanted to be clear on that. I was like, oh, um, Val. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe he is speaking in a language that Frank can understand. That's what maybe, I'm feeling. I mean, I, I really don't know. I think that's, that's just, maybe that's just the vibe I want to get. Um, because you know, like, there's some people. And I really, I, I want to be gentle here because I'm not trying, I'm really not trying to be offensive to anyone. But, you know, some people can't, like, you, it's hard to think about your religion outside of the box. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying you're not a good person, but maybe it's just all you've ever known. And that's your comfort zone. And that's what you truly believe. And that's what's true for you. But it's like, first of all, you're talking to someone that's not even from Earth. And they come at you with, like, universe and how things are all like, I mean, it might freak you out. Like, you know well, what I mean? So maybe he had to kind of talk it in a way that he would, right. would understand it. Well, what I think is interesting though, with this conversation between Val and Frank is that Frank is an evangelical Christian, but he very much obviously believes in UFOs and extraterrestrials from the right. books that he writes. Which is so strange to me. A lot of people in that religion do dismiss it or think it's evil or demonic. Right. Um, and even like the fortune telling, if you will, like the seeing things in the future, like if right. you like kind of like those, um, oh, the mystic side of Christianity, they kind of disregard. I mean, it very much the, the conversation I gleaned from this, and there again, like everybody go read the book, or you can actually, I'll put the link to the excerpts that I'm referencing. Yeah, I would love to read this book. Um, but I mean, they did a great, like, just summary of like the excerpts from it. Um, I very much got that Val was saying that a lot of people, especially people in power on the planet, are not people who have the best interest of their fellow man or the planet, and that, you know, people who are actually in the path of peace are just on the right path, and that's that, to him, is God's way. And I love that. Like, I, it's I, what it seemed like to yeah. me, and that's how he was relaying to Frank that he's on the right path. Right. For talking about these things, especially right. in his religious circles. Yes. And especially during that time. I mean, we're talking like crazy madman era. Yeah. So it, it took me a minute. I really wanted to jump all over Frank for being a preachy, preachy, I know, preachy. I know. I had, a I had, to, I had to backstep <laughs> myself a little bit. And then yeah. I think in this next section, I really do like some of the things that Val has to say. Okay. See, I was, I was like jumping all down Frank and Val's throat. <laughs> right, I, I really went that way too, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah, let it breathe. Sometimes and then, we're so we're so quick. Like we hate it when people are so quick to judge us, but sometimes I guess we can be quick to judge others. <laughs> so yeah, and I think it's just because of our hurt there. You know, just seeing like a lot of hurt done in the name of Christianity. Um, oh, totally. So I'm totally one of those people that's just like, whoa, like. You wait a second. <laughs> yeah. So sorry. Let's let's move forward. I apologize. 
Oh, no, no, no. Like, I was definitely going back and forth, like, do I like this Frank guy? Do I even like Val now? Right. I, it made me kind of feel like some way about... Well, what's Val. kind of funny is just after researching this, like, just a little bit, like, now we're getting to Val's departure, and I was like, I missed him. <laughs> I want him to come back. Come back, Val. <laughs> back. Um, or maybe he's not gone. Um, so, <laughs> this was his whole, you know, chat with Frank. Yes. So now Val was instructed to leave Washington, D.C. no later than March 16th, 1960. So three years later. Okay, so that was like his orders. That was his orders from the High Council. And um, in Val's last months on Earth, he tried to confer with people in power, but he was told over and over that his presence and his ideas were a threat to the political and economic structure. Sounds about right. Um, even certain religious groups feared his influence over their followers. There you go. So this is where I'm like, yep. And then Val vowed, Val vowed, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to not use force, as he had mentioned with like Jesus not forcing himself. He vowed to not use force to influence world leaders. So he used another mode to get his information out. He contacted, well, he contacted men of godly character around the world and many at the time of this book being printed are currently working with Val and his crew try to get this word out of, of I don't know what we need to do I don't know I'm not contacted so I don't know what they're talking about yeah um, so in Val's last meeting with the president Ike wanted to let the world or at least the UN know about Val's plans that could help humanity but the Secretary of Defense, the head of the CIA, and the military chiefs of staff shot it down. They hmm. agreed that a memorandum would be sent to the UN, but I'm sure that was watered down. And oh, they yeah. feared if the U.S. citizens heard of Val and his plan, they would follow him instead of the U.S. leaders. Well, yeah, of course they I was would. like, hello. And the administration put like a big hush on even revealing anything about Val. Of course. So then Val met with Nancy the morning of March 15th, the day before he left, 1960, and she continued working inside the Pentagon as one of Val's contacts, even with other Venusians as they came and went. Right. And then, quote, there are still to this day many adversaries to human freedom. These parasites have embedded themselves in all phases of human society and will never be exposed except by extraterrestrial intervention. Loved wow. that quote. Frank writes a kind of warning about imposters with spacecraft made on Earth as well. This oh. group gets kind of like angels and demons, like weird. That's um, scary. These individuals want to create a master race and should not be mistaken for those from other worlds. They are imposter messengers. How do you know? I have no idea. But I mean, it is kind of creepy with all the technology and stuff. So then it's like, do you? demonize these like I can I don't know I have no idea so Val leaves on March 16th he dematerializes and rematerializes onto his ship in Alexandria Virginia where his crew is awaiting him upon his return to his planet he told the Council of Central Control that the U.S. did not accept his help he was then instructed to mingle with Earth people, to work in Earth enterprises, and to help those striving for world peace who encounter threats or danger. And, quote, as of the writing, 2001, 
He continues with his mission at the same time assisting in preventing our civilization from being the cause of orbital chaos by the destruction of our planet. And Whoa. That's the end of the story. Oh, Val. We need you, man. Dude, we need you, Val. Where are you, man? I mean, has Val just given up? Or is Val Bernie? I don't know. Where are you, Ed? Like, we need you. How do we summon Val? I have no idea, but man, do well, we you need know, Val. Well, you know, like, in this administration now, it'll still be like, nope. <laughs> well, do you want to hear some fun facts, though? I do. Okay, so I told you about Project Blue Book. Um, so on December 17th, 1969, the Secretary of the Air Force announced the termination of Project Blue Book, the Air Force program for the investigation of UFOs. So this was from 1947 to 1969. A total of 12,618 sightings were reported to Project Blue Book. Whoa. Of these, 701 remain unidentified. So they weren't able to figure out what 701 of those were. Interesting. So then I quote, and this is also on archives.gov. So this is like government science. information. Yeah. Um, so these reports are actually available. Um, oh, so cool. um, textual records of Project Blue Book, the documentation relating to the investigation of unidentified flying objects, excluding names of people involved in the sightings, are now available for research in the National Archives building. The records include approximately two cubic feet of unarranged projects or administrative files, 37 cubic feet of case files in which individual sightings are arranged chronologically, and three cubic feet of records relating to the Office of Special Investigations, portions of which are arranged chronologically by OSI district and by overseas command. A cubic foot of records comprised of about 2,000 pages. Finding aids for these records include a file list for the project files and index for individual sightings entered by date and location. Wow. So you can go check these out. I know. I was like, that's pretty crazy. Um, and, and they ended the project essentially to save money because a lot of the academic communities started picking up UFO research on their own. Right. I thought like there's such a strong community there. And um, so this is also another quote from the um, archives.gov. As a result of these investigations and studies and experience gained from investigating UFO reports since 1948, the conclusion of Project Blue Book are, one, no UFO reported, investigated, and evaluated by the Air Force has ever given any indication of threat to our national security. Two, there has been no evidence submitted to our discovered, sorry, submitted to or discovered by the Air Force that sightings categorized as unidentified represent technological developments or principles beyond the range of present day scientific knowledge. And three, there has been no evidence indicating that sightings categorized as un unidentified or extraterrestrial vehicles. Hmm. But they still have those 701 that weren't identified. Right. So. Golly. And then, no, this is also fun, though. Just with Ike and um, extraterrestrials. So this is something I found on the Washington Post after trying to dig and dig and find other stuff outside of this book. But this was three years prior to Valiant Thor supposedly landing on Earth. 
um, Washington Post, the night of February 20th, 1954. Um, Michael Sala is the one who's kind of pushing this. He's a PhD in um, government from the University of Queensland, so an Aussie. Um, advanced theory that Ike met with ETs on this night. Um, so Ike's administration advanced that Ike went to the dentist. So these are two theories about what happened this night. So on the night in question, the Associated Press reported um, President Eisenhower died tonight of a heart attack in Palm Springs. So that was an accidental like thing. And then two minutes later, um, the Associated Press retracted that bulletin and reported that Ike was still alive. So that's kind of odd. So it's like he died, he's alive, he went to the dentist, he was visiting. That doesn't people. make any sense to me. So now we How have How does information even get... Yeah, it's something now. It's weird. It's weird. So facts. Eisenhower was on a golf vacation in Palm Springs. He left the Smoking Tree Ranch where he was staying after dinner for something unscheduled. So apparently they have all sorts of records of like where all of his meetings are, even if it's like described or personal. This yeah. was unscheduled. He attended church in LA the next morning and his speaker announced he visited a dentist the night before after chipping a tooth on a chicken wing at dinner. Who chips or teeth on a chicken wing though? Right? So Sala, the, the PhD I was telling you this pushing the idea that he was this is just a cover story. Um he says the dentist is a cover story. He believes Ike went to Edwards Air Force Base where he met with two ETs with white hair, pale blue eyes, and colorless lips, claiming mm -hmm. to be the, the Nordics um, because they're so pale. And they spoke with Eisenhower through telepathic communication. The Nordics offered to share their wisdom if the U.S. would eliminate their nuclear weapons. Apparently, nukes crap up space, just like, you know, for the rest of us. So all these other ETs are like, hey, we don't want you guys using nukes. Like you're hurting us. <laughs> yeah. So Ike said no. And then later in 1954, Ike made a deal with the Greys, you know, the Grey oh. aliens, the bad guys, allowing them to kidnap cattle and humans for experiments. I'm sorry, what? We're going to say, yeah, we're going to keep the nukes, but you, the bad aliens here, you can take like, our in, humans. Instead of working cattle. with the Nordics or the Venusians, supposedly. So are the Greys they, pretty much the Americans of the galaxy? Oh, <laughs> yes, I guess just snatching up whatever they can. Um, <laughs> oh, they're American, they're like us, so they're pretty much probably from the fallen planet as well, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or maybe it's That's us in the great. future just coming back and snatching up ourselves. Maybe <laughs> on to something. That's not a bad theory, you know. Maybe it really is. Maybe we are the Greys. It's not a far like because like we look at the things that the Greys do like that's so barbaric and horrible and like look at what we do to our planet to each other. It's yeah, like, it's like is it, I mean, is it really that barbaric? And why why else yeah. would they snatch up people and cattle? They're colonizing somewhere else because it's us. They're still <sighs> living off of beef like a bunch of barbarians. Yeah, like we're just gonna go and you know pollute this planet back up. Oh crap! <laughs> we can't reproduce, so we're just gonna snatch up humans and chrome and petri dishes you know and like yeah makes sense to me um but yes sala published his et theory in his book um ex exopolitics political implications of the extraterrestrial presence 
And Salah says he found evidence of ET visitations, including the Eichen counter on the internet. On the internet. <laughs> on the internet. So, I don't know. You take that for what you will. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe the dark web. I don't know. Or some other maybe. web they have access to. But okay. Um, and just to be fair, so the argument from, like, the government and Eisenhower's side, I have no idea how to say this guy's name, but Jen, Jim Lierzap. Sounds good. Um, and Jimmy, Jim, yeah, an archivist at the Eisenhower Library says there is nothing in the archive on this. And quote, initially, the accounts claimed the president made a secret trip to Edwards Air Force Base to view the remains of aliens who had crashed at Roswell, New Mexico, in 1947. And then later stories claimed he had actually visited with live aliens. So this person's saying, like, as we keep getting these requests, they get more and more far fetched. Then James Nixon, not to be mistaken with Nixon, it's M-I-X-S-O-N, the dental historian and professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Dentistry. A dental historian. That's a new one. Yeah. Every time I do this podcast, there are like these jobs that I'm like, what? Like, how do you get the fuck into that? I'm a dental historian. Um, So he cites the U.S. Surgeon General's records of the president's um, medical and dental history reporting that Ike chipped his tooth on that night and it was repaired by Dr. Francis A. Purcell but Purcell died in 1974 and there's a lack of dental record from his office hmm. so did he meet aliens or did he chip tooth you decide he met aliens for sure <laughs> and la- last one fact Valiant Thor has a LinkedIn page <laughs> Oh, yeah. He only has six connections, and I think it's probably a joke, but it's pretty hilarious. And his job is advisor to the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And this guy, Vinny Pinto, wrote a really, really long recommendation recounting his encounters with Val. And Vinny Pinto, I think, is a like metaphysical something or other. So I don't know. Maybe he really has met Val. He sounds like somebody Val would try to get in contact with. He's yes. very highly of him. I would so. like to get in contact with Val. <laughs> that my friends wow. is the story of valiant thor the man from venus that is crazy adele what a fun story yeah it really is it's it's such a fun story but it's it's a funny story but yeah. it's also very it's it's really sad to me for some reason i i felt kind of connected to val i was sad when he went like, back to yeah. Venus, but, but I guess he's back because they were like, go live on Earth, do their because business. I just feel like, why can't we listen to Val? Like, things could be so much better. See, it's, be it's, it's the same damn story today. All these freaking elite people and not doing anything for the common good. Exactly. Period. Exactly. Like, what will it take? I don't know. I guess like maybe like your story that really touched a nerve with me. Like it just makes me really sad. I mean, stuff that you know I know I I didn't know about Val, but um, you know that's just like this story has been preached for way longer than our lifetime. You know, and it's like wow, we just. I mean, whether you believe it or you don't believe it, I think my takeaway from the story is one. I I I want to believe it's real. I want to believe he's from Venus, but I don't. And even if that's you know, all of it's fake, that's fine because it's still kind of like a fable. 
Yeah. And that even someone coming from a place that is supposedly like, you know, still a part of God, still a part of the Garden of Eden on, you know, no fall. Yeah. And they're like telling you, hey, this is all you need to do. And people just still won't listen. <laughs> right. Like, I believe that part. It's sad. So it's the message wrong. behind it, I think, is true. While I don't think the story is. I want to believe that it's true. But, um, oh my God, I would love, I would love <laughs> it if Val would just walk out and be like, "Yes, it's me." <laughs> but I do think that we have gotten signs from other um, planets, and I mean, and really, if you need a sign, I mean, just look around you. I mean, you know, I mean, like it's, it's quite sad. I mean, just just look look outside, like look at you know the endangered species. Um, yeah, you know, just you know, it, it doesn't. You don't have to have you know someone from another planet tell you that this is not good. And and I feel like those signs have been forthcoming for quite some time. And it's oh, yeah. just, just kind of you know we want to believe that it's not real and do nothing about it. And here we are. So it's kind of the world we're passing along for other people to take care of. Super frustrating. Very frustrating. So I feel like your story really hit a chord. Like man. Yeah, I mean, I really, there's so many elements of that story that I like yeah. just because of like the time period. It feels like men in black kind of stuff. Yeah, which I um, totally dig. I love it. <laughs> it's like the Nordics, the Greys. It makes yeah. me think of, of like classic sci fi movies. Like, yes. Yes. Well, and you had mentioned Project Pegasus, and that would be a great one to cover too, um, kind of along those lines. But Dude. man, that would be the longest. I'd have to do like a five part series, I feel like. <laughs> I Maybe swear, I, will, I, swear I don't choose topics that go, I, I don't know if I just research too deep or what. Like, I don't know why my topics go this way. <laughs> I really no, thought, I I thought Val was going to be like a super simple thing. And then I got the Project Blue Book. And then there was this other thing called like Majestic 12, which I was like, I can't even get into that right now because I just need to focus on Val. Like, yeah. oh no. And then it led me to the Black Vault. Um, website where it's um what is it the uh, uh crap what am i trying to think of the freedom act what is it something of freedom act anyway it's all these declassified cia files oh, no. you can search through them and you can even request from the cia like i want these files on this date and what was interesting what? on that site is somebody did request anything related to val um but I didn't see if they actually received anything. Oh, that but would be somebody so did request from the CIA. They really release that information, even if it were true. I have no idea. I mean, if it was related to Project Blue Book, then yes, that's supposed to be declassified because now. But I, I don't know. I guess I just feel like, and, and maybe it's just they, you know, like the whole yeah. area fifty one. Like, is it real? Are these stories real? Are these places real? Like, are they, or does they does the government like you know try to just like. Oh, if we told you, then you would freak out. I feel like we're all just stuck in the damn cave. Like, is it a shadow or is it a real person? Like, <laughs> are you real? I I don't know anymore. I don't. I really thought by the time I was almost forty, I'd have all the answers. And I think um, Bono does, of course. Like, he's my like planet. Wonderful. He's your, he's your Val. <laughs> Bono is my Val, and <laughs> I feel like he has a song that it's. Um, the more you see, the less you know, the less you find out as you go. And I have found that to be so freaking true in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know. I don't know anymore. It's very frustrating. But I've loved your story. I've never heard of Val. And um, 
are really I love it. Like I want Val to be real. I think um American Horror Story, which I I still love American Horror Story, but I completely fell off the wagon with it after like I think like season eight, like Apocalypse yeah. or something. I'm way behind, but I think that they do have like what? an American Horror Story about Val. That's pretty so cool. I definitely want to check that out. If anybody's watched it, out. let us know what you thought about it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I want to check that out. Like, have you heard of Val? Is this the first time listeners you've heard of it? Or what are your thoughts about it? Do you, do you think Val's real? Do you think it's a fable? Do you think it, like, what do you think? And what are you doing about climate change? Like, give us some ideas. Like, what do you do at your house? Or do you just not give a shit anymore? Kind of like yeah, where I'm getting. Are you just, getting? like, throwing litter out the window? Uh, Being a litter bug. Like a litter bug, like I proposed to do. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not quite to that point. Actually, well, I can't believe the... Anyway, no, I'm not going to go off on a tangent. On that, I am going off on that tangent because I'm, as most of you know, I'm a runner. and um, People throw trash at you? At the no, but you wouldn't believe how many people litter. There's trash all over the damn place. I'm like, who litters it? Like, but who litters it anymore? Yeah, you, but you know what? Some of the problem I'm seeing because our backyard, like, is we have, like, a wall, but it's, like, up to a business and whenever they uh the dump truck comes to oh. sorry the garbage truck comes to like you know get that trash some of it falls out and gets into our yard so it's Maybe not actually a person it throwing it but it's like garbage and trash. it makes me feel a little better i guess but it makes me sick because i'm just like, Why yeah. are like six bottles right here like i just see people on? throw shit out their window and it's like what the hell's wrong with you like who does like okay like you know Maybe you don't recycle, you don't compost, you don't do whatever. But it's like, but I, I don't hardly believe anybody would just roll on their window and throw shit out of it. Like, whoa. Oh, yeah, yeah I've, I've seen that at red lights That's here. So I'm so like, old-fashioned and not cool. What are you doing? Like, and here of all places, I'm like... It's Albuquerque. It's Come Native on. American reservations, like, too. You deserve to be, like, bitch-smacked for littering, like, but especially in Albuquerque. Like, like somebody used like, to do a Will Smith on me. <laughs> Oh God! This, yeah, like this is some of the most beautiful land ever, and you're throwing a napkin out your fucking nasty window. Why? Why? Yeah, I have a problem with it. And have you ever noticed? Like Stephen uh, made this point, and it's so true. He's like, "Have you ever noticed the people that actually do litter usually are the ones that have so much shit in their car?" So it's like, why not just keep one more piece of shit in your car? Like, <laughs> you can't hang. He's like, it's only somebody that has a bunch of crap in their car that's throwing stuff out the window or. It's flying out the window or something. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that's I don't ridiculous. Know. Don't be a douche. Don't litter. Don't be a litter bug. Our list, our listeners wouldn't litter. Our listener would not. Absolutely not. <laughs> You're a good person. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you for your story, Dale. I really loved it. I have this is the first, and I I'm a fan. Like I just like I went, I laughed, I cried. I learned a lesson. Like, it had right? all the elements. You got touched it. by the Lord. I mean, yes. Like, it it, it was it's great. It was like I loved a it. revival, <laughs> rejection of <laughs> extraterrestrial. I mean, I really like it had all the elements of a great story, and I yeah. really enjoyed it. It just lacked a romance. <laughs> but maybe that yeah. is Venus loving the Earth. That's what, yeah. I mean, see, it was there. There we go. It was all there. <laughs> well, thank you, Adele. That was amazing. I don't know what I'm going to cover next week, but I'm sure Universe will pop it in my mind. And yeah, it. <laughs> just listen to those voices. We'll listen to those voices and just see what happens. Cool. Well, um, 
As always, stay safe and stay curious. <laughs> All right, cool. Have a good week and good yes. weekend, and we will chat with you guys next time. Sounds great. Bye, you guys. Bye.